Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's what you were singing? Oh, I, I didn't get that. I, I know because it was I that other that one. What's that other one that's like this? I don't know the words. Yeah, no, it didn't get that. But that's a good tune. Oh, it sounds like the Edmonds Fitzgerald too, like. Welcome to the music podcast called <laughs> The Art of Murder, <laughs> where we uh, where we try to figure out what song titles are, who sings what, yeah. and what Jen is humming. Like, how about this diddly? <laughs> how about this how about this one and real intro intro so far <laughs> just absolute nonsense oh, shoot. Uh, so hey how's it going julie ah uh, you know it's going good jenna good on my way over to your house mm-hmm. i was listening to the last podcast on the left yay uh, yes and i was listening to the albert fish i think it's three parts oh. i'm on the second part and i love how such a horrific disgusting like a horrible story and they can still make me piss my pants laughing while right? they're saying it. And that's when I realized, I'm like, you have to have these guys to go into that much detail into Albert Fish, which we'll do Albert Fish at one point. Yeah, that'd be Because he's a painter. I mean, a house painter, but still a painter. That falls yeah, in the art category. That does. Um, like, yeah, all the, like, you have to have them do what they do. And like, you're laughing and then I'm listening and I'm laughing and I'm in horror and I want to throw up because he's into these like details of letters that he wrote about the sweet peanut butter, out of, you know, which is referred to fecal matter out of a woman. Yeah. Anyway, and eating it. And it's just, they are so funny and just, it, his story is so messed up and I'm learning a lot. I knew, I'm obviously, I know Albert Fish's story, but learning so much detail which i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing no it's like their level of research is brilliant marcus parks but you you have to have a group discussion yeah you have to have a group discussion you have to have like it was just when we do it you know you have to really get into that mindset of like let's make fun of this guy as much as we can just so we can get through the story but oh it was brilliant anyway you guys should go listen pretty much any murder we do if they have a murder of it you go listen because then there's a lot more detail. Yes, in that, that. just like uh, when I did uh, the episode. Uh, what? A, oh, you're talking about Henry Lee Lucas. Oh, so we, dis- right. we deleted that it. That doesn't exist. exist. So let's erase that. Never mind. Ignore what she just said. Yeah, I'll uh, maybe check out that out. And the, the cool. Okay, <laughs> can we talk about something really cool yeah. that just happened this morning? Oh, okay. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, she didn't know. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, our favorite podcast. We have a few, but this is our number one favorite podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, MFM, my favorite murder. I'm going to cry. <laughs> is coming to Toronto. Yay! And we got pre-sale tickets. So fucking excited. Um, and we got some from my Aunt Lynn and my cousin Emma as well. Yeah. And on February 23rd, we are going to go see uh, Karen and Georgia. Oh, my God. We're kind of far back, though. I was hoping they'd be able to pick me for a hometown murder. And then we can drop the whole, by the way. 
we, we do this podcast called the art of murder yeah because of you guys <clears throat> i i wish we maybe you and i should have gotten vip tickets but you, i i keep yes. thinking how many p- people go up to them and be like i've got a pr- podcast but ours is like legit awesome think so. about it though we can go up to them flash them and then say we got this podcast or our tits just say the art and then you're the saying mur- of murder mur- murder yeah do you know something really so shocking and then they'll be like oh remember those fucked up girls yeah who showed us their boobs and it said the art of murder on them hey yeah bad press is good press it is <laughs> it is sorry mom i hope you're proud of me yeah you too mom I'll flash people to get to get my way through life. I don't care. Oh, speaking of moms, yeah, just a sidetrack. Happy birthday, Karen! That's my my mom's birthday was a Saturday, and I'm oh uh, yes, and your mom's name is Karen, not Karen in Georgia. No, okay, but yeah, my mom's <gasps> name is Karen. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so she's still alive. Serial killer didn't get her yet. Nope, nope, Brilliant. not yet, not yet. Brilliant. Uh, they were spending her birthday together, and he bought her like some nice stuff. I think. <laughs> I'm just gonna assume <clears throat> she told me they had a lovely evening in the hot tub and I'm like I bet you did and she goes oh Jenna, sh- shit I know mama's getting her kink on in the I'm hot tub I'm so proud tub. of her I'm hey, so man. proud of her for being like an awesome girls gotta get her single lady yeah yeah she's an all awesome single ladies all the single ladies all the single ladies all the single ladies put your hands up up in the hot tub oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i I have to say last week uh last week's podcast podcast episode you did like an immaculate job of making songs up there was like three or four parts okay where you did like thank you for that oh can we do a quick corrections about last week (laughs) you know what i'm surprised i haven't had a comment about it but Okay, I'm going to vow to barely ever speak French on here. So you no. guys know I have a Mm-mm. little bit of a speech impediment. Fine. Where sometimes I'll just say things that, and I'll fix it. The problem is, is that Jenna doesn't speak French. And this is, you probably no. didn't notice, but last week I said, um, oh yes, jamais c'est affreux, which means like, like it's just horrible and scary and whatever but when i said it i said jamais c'est affreux because i just brought it doesn't matter i just came out and then i went huh after but at the same time <laughs> jenna was saying something else she had ended up editing that out because yeah. she didn't realize i was correcting the fact that i just had a speech impediment problem and all you hear in that episode is affreux which the word is affreux with an f you guys have no idea Afru? if you're angry. Yes. Oh. And because it's, you have to have a liaison because you're liaison. saying say before, which ends with a T, you have to kind of say say tafru. So tafru. So you have to bring the T. Anyway, so it brought, and it doesn't really matter. You guys are like, Julie, shut the fuck up right now. No. But teach me French. I laughed so hard in my car because I'm like, oh my God, that's not even a word. I didn't even say a word. I'm and sorry she, for insulting all people. No, you didn't. No, because you had no idea. No. So when I, cor- <laughs> when I corrected it, you just edited it out the correction <clears throat> I and did. i thought oh well that's embarrassing so for I, jenna for just jenna no just, it jenna. Sa- well it sounds like just me no but because it's just like i don't didn't know how to say that word but i do and it was funny so anyway doesn't matter but yeah. that happened and i laughed and laughed in my car and i told her she could throw me under the bus for and then, it. but it isn't you didn't even do it on, it wasn't your fault first of all it's not your fault that i have a speech impediment you don't have a speech <laughs> impediment you have a beautiful voice and i love when you speak a french beautiful voice. tyler quiet he's messaging us oh is he how do you know uh he just popped up on my computer oh, thing yeah oh he's not even here and he's here yeah i know wow. he's all around us um so yeah don't worry about it i'll try not to edit out any of your 
It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, Just keep it. It doesn't I'll matter. And I'll, I'll say lots of wrong things anyway. Me too. Ca- oh, Yay. like Sagawa. <laughs> and I'm going to keep saying Sagawa. And if you don't like it, tough cookies. Uh, I was listening to MFM and uh-huh. I'm almost caught up. I did like four, is it four months of binge listening to MFM and on one of their episodes, the last episode I, I heard, did they not do, Karen did, <gasps> Isaiah Sagawa and she says it the exact same way as I do and I just wanted to high five the fuck out of her because I'm like, that's right, that's how we read it, that's how we say it because that's the way it's yeah. written and I'm not Japanese so, and I was just so happy that she says his name just like I do and if you don't like it, tough cookies. You don't have to listen. Tough cookies. Segawa, segawa, segawa. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting angry. I love you. Uh, You're the best. You make shit. me so happy. Shit. Sometimes I I'm, angry flows inside of me. No. Let it out. Let it out. Nice. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, okay, so excited to go to MFM with you. Like, oh, this is a bucket so list. This is a bucket list dream that gets crossed off. So excited that we're correcting our corrections. <laughs> and, <laughs> and saying, who cares? Happy birthday to my mom and saying other things. Everything's wonderful. <gasps> yes. Okay, well, if we're saying happy birthday, it was my niece's birthday on Saturday. <gasps> happy birthday. Yeah. Little L Bell. Love her. She's fantastic. Her name's what? L. L, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, L. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's the only one of very few uh, Simpsons references I know, besides monorail. Monorail. Anyway. Eat my shorts. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh no, what? wait, hold oh, on. There's more. Mm. There's so, more. Yeah, there's a couple things. Oh, <clears throat> shit. She's got a book out, guys. I do. Uh, I tend to make some notes while I'm editing. Good for you. Uh, That's, yeah. like, smart. Just this week. I didn't okay. do it last week. <laughs> Jenna works so hard on editing everything. And I don't oh, listen yeah. to the episode until it's actually out in public yeah, and sorry. live no don't apologize so that's why sometimes when this if there's a big mistake that i make i think oh what just happened there but jenna makes a good job and i know. try but sorry about the podcast being so late it, it has been a very crazy week for us oh yeah that's uh, right. but i think we're we're sort of back at, back in the swing of things yeah. and normality has uh well not for me but for ascended. you maybe as as me, normal like, as it can be Five more weeks and I think I'll be a little bit better off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so tell me, tell right. me what's going on here. Uh, oh, me. shit. Uh, Jenna so, needs to be learned. Needs oh, to be shut learned. up, Tyler. Go away. I don't think no, we can hear it on here, though. It's going to come through the thing, so I'll have to edit it out. Shh. I'm just going to tell him. Sh- Shh. Sh- just type in Tyler right now. <clears throat> okay. So, a couple things. <laughs> Last week, I had mentioned a guy, uh, the Elephant Man. Yes. Uh, his real name is Joseph Merrick. He nice. was born August 5th, 1862, and died April 11th, 1890. Um, you can actually see his skeleton on display at the Royal London Hospital, which is kind of cool. They did a lot of studying on him afterwards. Yeah. I'm only just bringing this up because I had mentioned, when you were mentioning about... Uh, 
Gardino. 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 Um, about his defi- disfigurement, and I had mentioned I wonder if they studied uh, the Elephant Man, Joseph Merrick, psychologically yeah. based on his deformities. But um, he traveled around, just basically found a, a circus and traveled around as a freak show, like in the freak show, for right? His whole life. Um, but the syndrome that he had is. Uh, it's called Protus syndrome. It's a congenital disorder um, that deforms your face, essentially. But I wanted to just kind of give a cool, like, fun medical fact. background on. I like it. Yeah. And then, speaking of more medical stuff, I looked up how much cyanide would kill you. Oh, yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Tell us, Jenna. All right. How much cyanide do we need to die? Warning this is a disclaimer. Don't fucking kill use people. this to kill people. You're an asshole if you do. But if you want to know some fun facts about cyanide, here's some fun facts. The average human must be around 160 pounds for this to work. Excellent. So one teaspoon of salt equals 7.2 grams. Okay. A tablespoon of salt is 23.7 grams. Okay. It would take a single teaspoon... 7.2 grams to kill an average 160 pound person. Wow. Okay. So for a 40 pound person, which is probably about uh, maybe 80 to like a toddler, yeah. it would take 1.8 grams of cyanide, potassium cyanide. It's a little sprinkle in a pixie stick here. It, yeah. And when you down the whole thing, it's, a, it's like you're. That's why they uh, had said in, when I was uh, researching the story, it said that the police had found the equivalent of, uh, the enough cyanide to kill. Two people? Two adults. Yeah. So, there's your fun cyanide <sighs> fact for the, the week. Somebody says, hey, have this teaspoon full of something. Don't take it. <laughs> Spoonful of cyanide <laughs> helps the uh, pixie, pixie sticks go, go down. down. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Right. Let's do this, Jenna. Are you ready? Tell me about a murder. I'm going to. Excellent. So I have a question for you. What makes a good horror film? I hate horror movies. Oh. But. <laughs> well, it depends. What do you mean by horror film? I, I mean, mean, I think the. Uh, I don't know. Everything. I just hate horror movies. Clowns. Um, <laughs> fuck. Can exorcisms, uh, ghosts. Yeah. That makes a really terrible horror movie. The ones that I like to watch are more alien zombie based. Oh. Yes. Those I like to watch. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm going to tell you what. uh, There's a few elements that make up a good horror movie. Um, And I was reading a couple articles because... I, I mean, personally, I can give my own personal take about what I feel make a good horror movie, but it's nice to kind of consult with a few experts. And one of the articles I read was by Elliot Grove. It's from raindance.org. He's the founder of the film festival of the same name. And he's produced over 100 or 700 short films. So I f- was like, yeah, he seems to know his 700 shit. 700 short films? Yeah. So here, I'm going to give you a list of elements that are that make up the perfect horror. Okay. You need a hero. When a hero comes along. What else do you need? A sidekick that stirs shit up. Like Robin. Okay. 
you need a moment, specifically a universal moment where we as the audience can relate. This special moment. So it can it can be something as simple as feeling alone in your home. Ugh. Missing a person. Okay. Okay. A location. Having like a very specific location like a house. Camp Crystal Lake. Oh. In, inciting incident. So an inciting inc- incident is the kickoff to the story. Yep. Like in Dracula. I don't know if you've ever seen Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Or just the, the Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula in general. Like it's when his wife Mina dies. That's right. sort of the turning point where he becomes the vampire and then goes in a goes in and tries to figure out his life and he finds or no well not Mina, sorry. It's his wife who looks like Mina. I forget what her name is. The wife. The wife. Right. <laughs> uh, you need a ghost. So this is not what you think. <sighs> a ghost is a story from the past that still haunts right. our protagonist. You're right. Okay. You need a nightmare. A fear that prevents our hero from getting what they want. You need a trap. You need to make a really good trap that keeps your your team or and your sidekick and your hero in one place. They can't really travel long distances. Right. Um, so, for example, like Saw, it's the, it's one of the perfect examples of that. Yeah. All of those tricks and things. I will never things. watch it. It's the first one's it. really good. I won't do it. You can't make me. I will not do it. One of my sound design teachers worked on that film. That's lovely. Good Hello for the them. Jill Purdy. But nope, not watching yeah. it. That's, that's understandable, but um, the sidekick should die. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. The confrontation. This is a turning point in the movie. The sidekick's death is the point which our hero confronts their ghost or dies. So during this confrontation you either you sort of have the sidekick's death as a way of going into the confrontation or the confrontation results uh the confrontation then leads into the death of the sidekick but either way something brings the two together and they have a confrontation of sorts i won't give an example guys i hope you guys are taking note here and (laughs) writing your own freaking horror movie Okay, I expect to see them. I'll watch your horror movie that you make. I won't watch the ones that have already been made. Okay, I've watched some. Some of them. Yeah. But uh, um, let's see. The Killings. Now, this is a weird... This isn't like uh, an element within the story that makes it good. It's more or less like an effect of some sort. Make sure your Killings are very good you want I, <laughs> yeah. right like you don't As want them to, to the be shitty cheesy. killings yeah like don't shit kill in a horror movie and the consistency of the blood that you see Ooh. like the blood spatters and stuff those should feel real and uh the last thing is music <gasps> music music being yeah music makes the people come to screaming well i'm thinking wow. what's Dinner without a little music. <laughs> be a guest. Be a guest. Ooh, what if what you do if Beauty and the Beast horror, horror movie? movie? Oh, where he kills everybody at dinner. Oh, I love it. And then the movie's done. Yep. 
Okay, let's write yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to write that. Guys, <laughs> you can't take our idea. So you're th- probably wondering, what the fuck is she talking about? Uh, well, one such horror film that gained cult status was the inspiration, uh, f- f- came from the inspiration of a- an actual real murder. Ooh. I'm going to tell you about it. But uh, this movie that was inspired by this criminal act is Scream. <gasps> Scream made over $175 million at the box office. I did watch that movie, by the way. Oh, yeah? And a few of the other ones. Yay. There's like Okay, so you'll get my next part. So I don't fully remember them, but I did watch them. Okay. You'll well, get, you'll I was get in a cabin. In the woods? In the woods. Ah, that's also a good movie. Yes. Ow. Cabin in the Woods? I've never seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. Anyway. Okay, sorry. You tell your story. (laughs) I'm scared now. Um, Okay. So the original script was sold to the Weinstein Brothers for $400,000. Nice. Uh, The franchise on a whole uh, has brought in somewhere around $600 million. It's one of the... the, Holy shit. Yeah, it's a a big one. So let's let's look at... Let's compare our list Uh, because this is kind of key to when you're when you're listening to the the story that I'm about to tell you to pick out all of those key elements from the murder I'm going to tell you about. So our hero, Sydney Prescott, uh, her sidekick varies. Uh, this is from, a real story right now. This one, this is the, this is the movie Scream. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so we're just comparing did. sort of the elements of a horror film that make a good horror film to, to the movie Scream. Okay. And then I want you, I want you and the listeners to, while you're listening to my story, pick out the key elements that sort of play into this movie right. and why it made such a good story. You guys write an essay, send <laughs> it into us. Oh, yeah, at artofmurderpodcast at gmail.com. So we've got our sidekicks. Then they vary. They go from Gail Weathers to Dewey to uh, Randy, who's like the movie buff. The boyfriends. There's all of her friends. He, she's got a ton of them. Uh, the moment that we universally relate to is being home alone. Yeah. It's so fucking terrifying. The location, Woodsboro. The inciting incident is Casey Baker's death. So that was Drew Barrymore in the first film when she right. d- when she gets that initial call. What's your favorite scary movie? I oh said that really. Oh my gosh, like, it's coming! It's all coming back. Always, always listening. <laughs> but it's yeah. I, I actually forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I remember like it's like it's like flashback memories about those movies. I should have watched it. It's such a good it's a such a wonderful opening scene uh, i i i love drew barrymore she's amazing uh the ghost for is the death of sydney's mom the year prior to all of the woodsboro mur- murders right okay um i wasn't 100 percent sure on this but i said for what um oh what the nightmare was was her virginity because in the first movie there's this constant play back and forth between her and billy whether or not they should have sex and she's nervous and then doesn't and then she's ready and maybe not but when randy the our movie buff goes oh be careful because in horror movies uh those who aren't virgins are always the first to die yeah she sort you see like this click in her head go oh that's not real is it real it's not real it's right don't have sex guys (laughs) (laughs) no 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 but um 
at the confrontation is is when she gets to take that power back because she just finished having sex with Billy and he is killed by Ghostface. She sort of takes that power back and and now she's a woman and and she's she's not a little girl anymore. She's got to go and take care of business and fight for herself. And I think that's a critical turning point. So having Um, sex makes you a woman. That's what you're telling us, Jenna? No, I'm saying like, (laughs) I'm saying having control over your own sexuality is empowering. Yes. And not being fearful of it. Yes. Good for you. That was a real good twist you got there. I was just trying to make a joke, but that was deep. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) get back to the kitchen and make me a sandwich (laughs) i'm so sorry barefoot pregnant (laughs) oh man i would go to the kitchen make you a sandwich like but i don't have any like cold cuts so i'm so sorry gluten-free bread no i don't son of a i know i'm awful why am i even here uh because you're gonna listen to me talk about okay hold on I'll, i'll get there yep Okay, so the in the Scream movies, their ki- the way that they do their kills is just perfect. The amount of blood that you see, the action of the stabbings, they're just they they just fit so well within all of the storylines, regardless of how cheesy they are. Yeah. As I'm watching the second movie, and um, I'm trying to remember which which part it was. Uh, maybe it was the oh I yeah there's a scene where a co- the, the a ghost face is in the car with the two cops escorting Sydney and her girlfriend and one of the cops heads gets like completely severed off that's awesome is it the is it the cop no it's one of the teachers anyways but you see you see the spinal you see the spine and then this blood just burning oh, out. And I gotta I'm like, watch this again. It's okay. That's like I don't mind it. Yeah. It 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 fit with what the story was. So they did. I believe they did ki- their killings very well. And their soundtrack for the first movie was a critically acclaimed soundtrack. It was it was praised all over. And I even I love it. Like they've got great bands. I'll maybe I'll uh, post. Uh, I'll put more, more sex pistols. No sex pistols. Oh shit! Um, but I'll put in maybe some songs on our Spotify playlist. The Art of Murder. The playlist. playlist. The playlist. Not, not the, the po- podcast. I mean, the podcast is on Spotify now. Yes, you can get the the podcast on Spotify. You, you notice that nobody out there knows why why we made that joke. Nope. Because <laughs> it took it out. Okay, so Cole's notes. I accidentally said during one of our podcasts that we are now on spotify no i had made a playlist you had on made spotify. a playlist but you kept saying you had made a podcast yep. on spotify and then but they didn't hear me say i was so confused and yep. i'm like what are you talking about a pot you mean our podcast <laughs> and you're like no the art of murder and i'm like what and i was so confused and then you edited all that i out. did and then at one point when you say oh i made a spotify playlist and i'm like oh okay i get it yeah actually i think i did my classic okay okay, okay i get it yes which to anybody you, else would be like, like why didn't she not get it <laughs> it's okay but i've been noticing a lot of other podcasts are, are starting to like really edit down their work and i'm like okay i, I can get away with this too oh edit so, the shit out of it i know i do but maybe later on once 
I'll, I'm going to make a blooper reel eventually and you guys can hear all our fuck-ups, which are beautiful <laughs> and epic and hilarious. Like when Jenna ch- switched the script on me. Yep. Oh my God. I felt like such an asshole. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to officially apologize on our podcast for all of our... What we have like eighty two followers on our Instagram now. Who Holy knows? shit! Yeah, a lot of them are podcasts, eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to start listening to some of them. I haven't oh, had sure. an opportunity to, but some of them are brand new too. I know yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I can't. Uh, one of them is Murder in the Morning. They started following us, and they're very active to like like our stuff. And so I kind of want to listen to them. They've got a pretty good following, so I'm interested to listen now that I have time. But yeah. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. So, Scream made fun of the horror genre in a perfect way f- of making us so aware of each move. So, yeah. when we watch horror films, for example, like the creepy suspenseful music, when we know the killer is right behind the person, and you're going, run, fucker, run, just run, or don't go in there don't lock your doors they make fun of it in a perfect yes, way they do that still terrifies you yeah. because it's the it's the universal moment where in this movie everybody's alone in their house and then that's where that suspense plays in and gets you like yeah. oh my god so the the writer of this movie okay let's get to, let's get to the real stuff yeah I'm like bouncing all over the place. Writer Kevin Williamson, the writer of Scream, while he was at home watching TV, the story of the Gainesville murders came on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kevin suddenly envisioned a scenario in which a knife-wielding killer was outside the house he was staying at uh-huh. and thus spawned the second gr- highest grossing movie of all time, Scream shit let's talk about the real horror we could totally write a horror movie then okay you ready tell me about the real hoarder. Hor- so, horror <clears throat> not hoarder he could be a hoarder the gainesville murders oh you are i'm doing the, yeah oh so, yeah yes okay so danny rowling is the serial killer in question so now yeah like i was saying earlier kind of listen while you're listening to the story pick out the Do things that are because you i i at first, I didn't understand it. I've heard this story so many times, and I'm, I would sit there and go, I don't know why. Why was Scream an inspiration for this film? And it wasn't until I started reading about... Why Ke- was Scream an inspiration for the film? I mean, or why would... Sorry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> why the Gaines... I'm going to mess that up. Why the Gainesville murder Was an inspiration was for an Scream. Inspiration. That makes more sense. And it wasn't until, like... Last night I'm sitting there. I'm like, I I don't. This doesn't make sense to me. Why Why is Scream such an important pivotal um, movie for the horror genre? And why is it so heavily talked about that it's in, in, inspired by the Gainesville murders? I don't get it. I don't get it. And I was reading a, a couple of interviews with Kevin Williamson, and yeah. he put it to the idea of your home alone. Yep. The fear of someone being outside, which is exactly what this is. Yeah. And the person who fucking the the person's mindset of of doing it and having no remorse and just wanting to be famous. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so let's all keep that in our noggin. <laughs> in our noggin. <clears throat> doop, doop. All right. Zero. Danny Rowling was born May 26, 1954. He was a Gemini. 
in Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> I like you tend to do that. Eh? You t- always say your astrology sign. Yeah, which is funny to me. Well, I saw I, I saw an article a while ago on Facebook. I think it was listing out some of the top mur- like ho- like murder serial killers in their uh, su- their astra- astrology sign. I don't believe that uh, I astrology at all. I don't. So, would you think I would because I seem that type? But no. Eh. No, I don't think we don't seem that type. But it was just interesting because I was like, oh, I hope it's not Gemini's. I hope it's not Gemini's. It's not. But this guy is. He is a Gemini. All right. Which is weird. Because are you a Gemini? Is that I'm what totally that is? a Gemini. Okay. See, I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> so he was born to James and Claudia Rowling. Danny's father happened to be a police officer. He was abu- He was abusive to both his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. He was a war veteran. And when he returned, he married Claudia. So he went away it was the korean war he went away from okay i was just gonna ask which war it was and then he came back and him and claudia married and then all of a sudden two weeks later she finds out she's pregnant james was resentful of it he he didn't seem like he was ready to have kids and he took it out on young danny after he was born in one situation, his father pinned him to the ground, handcuffed, handcuffed him, and then had his co-workers take him. He, he, was so, he said he was so embarrassed by his own son that he decided to, to do this to him. So have his co-workers kidnap him? Basically ta- take they him didn't away. Basically take him away. I think okay. they took him to the, the precinct, wherever he was, because like, he, he was a Shreveport police officer. They probably took him to the police station there and to give him a scare but like are you fucking serious why for no reason he didn't he hadn't committed anything at the time oh he wasn't a burglar or anything he was just a kid oh okay yeah so although his mother loved him she was actually defenseless against her husband and wasn't able to stop the abuse she tried committing suicide and uh she tried to run away with the kids several times, but always came back. And it, um, and like beforehand, life was even worse. Once his brother Kevin was born, his father just kept beating him and beating him and, and taking a lot of his anger. And he was a drunk to all on Danny. His father was so ashamed of him. He wouldn't let him sit at the dinner table. <gasps> yep. Danny attended church regularly and found comfort in playing guitar and belonging to the choir. So he was really into music. And later on, when the police caught him in where around he was, he had set up a camp. They found tapes and and books full of lyrics and songs that he had written. So that was his one thing. He was really actually hoping to become famous one day. Well, he did. (laughs) He became he became a peeping Tom at this time uh it was around when he was 18 and he was also a heavy drinker he started uh sneaking away to spe- a special spot in a forest near one of his first victims houses he was uh his voyeurism was sexually motivated he picked up the habit of slitting his wrists after seeing his mom do it as well so he's cutting himself at this point Right. By 1971, he had dropped out of school and enrolled in the Air Force. He excelled at it. 
but with a drinking problem and now a drug habit, he was discharged after psychiatrists diagnosed him with personality disorder. Yeah. Okay. So also one thing to note, his parents had been brought into one of in by the principal at one point during his schooling and they told him that Danny needed a psych evaluation because he was disturbed and that he needed some sort of counseling. Uh, and the so parents even didn't do it? They didn't do anything. Of course not. So this is twice now that he has been told that there's something not right and he needs to get help and nothing happens. It's just, it's a system failing and yeah. parents failing. Yeah. And I mean, those parents were failing him already. Yeah. Right? So like, why would they care to try to get him some help kids use condoms yes (laughs) uh okay oh so he go he's continuing to go to church and while at church he meets o mather heiko it's a female name it's a very interesting way of spelling her name um it's o apostrophe m-a-t-h-e-r and her last name h-a-i-k-o and i don't know what her background is or her origin but whatever (laughs) the two married in 1974 and had one daughter danny was hoping that this was his answer to many of his issues he was really looking for companionship i mean his parents i mean his mom did love him but his dad was totally distant and uh, he 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 needed someone who truly loved him unconditionally yes but the marriage only lasted three years due to danny's drinking yeah he also couldn't keep a job and he was impotent well, that's what happens when you drink a lot. <laughs> his, his, so, he was also arrested a lot. Do you have a question? No. Oh, you wrote something down. Uh, yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, over the course of several years, even while he was married, he was kind of in and out of prison for arrests for uh, robberies. And it just <laughs> snowballed. And he was caught for armed robbery robbery several times. He was on parole for possession of marijuana. And he actually attempted to kill his father in 1990 by shooting him twice in the head. But his dad survived. Shut up. Yeah. There was... uh, You think like... uh, Okay. Nobody should get shot in the head. Okay. but. But I just think like... The dad was kind of a piece of shit, right? Yeah, total piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm not saying anybody should die and nobody should die, but you think, like, how come that guy gets shot in the head twice and survives, yet somebody amazing like Phil mm-hmm. gets shot in the head twice and dies? Yeah. Like, that's not fair. No. Anyway, whatever. That's not the point right now, but it just sometimes makes me mad. Right? Okay, keep telling your story. I know. I- I'm not going to think too much. <laughs> if you think too much, then it gets depressing, so just think a little bit. Okay, go. Tell me more. Insert joke here. Yes. So it was on November 4th, 1989, that he committed his first murders. And it wasn't until 17 years later that he would confess on a handwritten note just before his death. Okay. Okay. So. 89. Yeah, in 89. Okay. Tried to kill his dad in, ni- in, ni- in 1990. 90. Okay. So, I'm kind of jumping o- around That's okay. here. I got so you. So, we didn't know about this murder until his execution in 2006. Right. 
and guys spoiler he, alert yeah it's um <laughs> and i'll i decided to do it in this order because no i think it's good um because this is sort of when i talk about when we talk about signature murders like signatures yeah. in murders yeah. this is a very good murder to look at and and with with scream the movie scream it's there is a pattern you see a pattern you do the phone call you yep. see this yep. you see ghost face he has it's a recipe a, it's a recipe yeah. so just like danny there's a recipe and he's primo example for escalation yes like how it's just oh peeping tom and then burglary and now oh yeah murder. like the voyeurism just can, yes. got worse and yeah. worse and worse and he just and he he said on record several times like he could not control it there was no way in hell that he could control it and the best place for him to be was in jail um so on the night of Good. november 4th 1989 rowling broke into the house of julie grissom who was 24 she lived with her father tom and her nephew sean Danny stabbed Tom and then his grandson. Finally coming across Julie, he raped and then mutilated her body. One of Danny's no. ritual moves was to position the bodies and pose as victims in sexual positions, which he did to all three family members. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it also weird when this, like, murdered people called by your name? It freaks me out a little bit sometimes. I was, you know, what's funny. You should say that because last night when I was reading that, when I was writing it, I'm like, I ho- I don't want Julie to be uncomfortable. Maybe no. I should just call her. I just, just use Grissom as the last name. Not, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it happened before. The one time there was a horrible murder and a girl, Julie, and she was 34, died. I was like, holy fuck, I'm Julie and I'm 34. No. I mean, 20. Um, that's right. We're twenty. We're, we're 20. in twenties. You that. wrote that somewhere. Eh? Uh, it was on, in, on Instagram or a post. Yeah, one of our fans, Dan, had uh, tagged us in a post, and it was uh, things that you should do in your twenties: one, start a family, or two, start, start a, a podcast. podcast. And I had made the joke of, uh, "Hey, Julie, check this out. This is so us. Not only are we in our, not only do we have a podcast." But and we're, we're in our 20s, 20s. <laughs> but we're in our 20s as well like because <laughs> we joke with that we joke with some of our after school students that we're we're in our 20s or julie's in her 20s I'm you know, they more, think jenna's in her 20s for sure but i'm i just tell them i am too were you there on friday when the kid when tyler came yes, in oh my and he, god he was 36 was so, yeah. and you were like 20 or something and one of the kids was like you're not old enough to be married yeah. i'm like yeah sweetheart I do I do look like a child. It's <laughs> now that I have my blue hair. I think it's like up to yeah. Oh, we should we haven't taken a picture of us recording in a while. Oh yeah, but, that's right. Okay, keep talking. Alright, I will. Candid shot. Uh okay. So it was actually originally her boyfriend that at the time that was the main suspect for this crime. And it wasn't until Danny had actually confessed on that paper that hal carter was was uh you know what's the word i'm looking for he was uh uh unbla- unblamed no what the fuck's the word innocent, innocent. yeah he was proven actually because they never come <laughs> i'm thinking like 
I, you know what? Not guilty? I'm concentrating here on getting my picture taken. I know, that's that. a, just, yeah. But it's, uh, like, he wasn't convicted for the murders yet. It was more so uh, <laughs> people just continually blamed him for for julie's murder and he was never brought in or uh, whatever i'm rambling now okay (laughs) so why didn't rollins get brought in well it wasn't for lack of evidence the crime scene laid out three key similarities between julie's murder and the gainesville murder one victims were in their home at the time of the murders two a victim was raped and three all the bodies were posed like i said mostly in sexual positions so there was this this signature that danny rowling had was also apparent in julie's murder as well louisiana officials even had prepared a warrant for him but chose not to move forward like so only a year later, Danny finds himself in Gainesville, Florida. He's kind of a drifter. Right. He lands there. Right. And on August 24th, 1990, he goes looking for a victim. This is where the Gainesville murders start. Right. He broke into the apartment of Sonia Larson, who was 17, and Christina Powell, also 17. And at 3 a.m., after watching them go about their business, waiting for them to fall asleep, he found Christina sleeping on the couch. He decided to head upstairs where he found Sonia sleeping in a room and decided to make her his first victim. Ugh. He taped her mouth shut and she tried to fight back, but he stabbed her to death. He then went downstairs, taped up Christina's mouth, bound her wrists behind her back. He started cutting her clothes off with a knife raped her and then forced her face down on the floor where he stabbed her in the back five times what a piece of shit he didn't just leave he then just like in so i one thing that i want to note too he has this weird cleansing thing he cleaned julie's body just before he positioned her oh he went then after i wonder that what that's all about and it's funny because it, it does come up every so often in certain cases where the the serial killer or murderer will actually clean the body or clean themselves. I don't know. It's very, it's pretty, very particular. Okay. So he, he, so he didn't just leave yet. Like, julie's murder not only did he clean her he repositioned the bodies in a sexual position uh christina and sonia's body right but then he took it upon himself to go upstairs and shower okay he cleansed himself yeah that's yeah i keep thinking about this yeah is it to like wash you think is it to have something about wash away the badness because he could like almost justify doing what he did somehow in a sick mind. I'm curious to know, and I, I'd be interested to maybe like look that up further, yeah. and just for my own. Because he cleans Julie's body, doesn't clean any of these other bodies, but then goes and cleans himself off. So I don't know if that yeah. has anything to do with it. Weird. Okay. Kay. A day later, so this is uh, this is August 25th. Danny breaks into Christina Hoyt's apartment she was 18 at the time he wasn't she wasn't home 
but that didn't stop him. He mm-hmm. waited until she returned. No! And Rowling no, came no, up no. behind her and started choking her. Ugh. When she was subdued, he taped her mouth shut, bound her wrist, and took her to her bedroom. He did the same thing to her as he did Christina Powell. Cut her clothes off, raped her, and then stabbed her, rupturing her heart. Ugh. It's not over yet. He cut off her nipples. No! And decapitated her head, placing it on a bookshelf, looking at... Placed it on a bookshelf? Look, the... Her head looked at the body. No. And he positioned her body like the others, provocatively. Danny later said that Krista... Sorry, I made that... Krista is her name. Yeah. Looked just like his (gasps) ex-wife. Oh, Mather. All his victims were brunettes, petite, with brown eyes hmm what did his mom look like oh that's a good question i bet you brunette petite and brown eyes pin that yeah i know his i think his dad his dad had brown hair he did have one male victim who also had brown hair but that's he was an exception okay then on august 27th while 23 year old tracy pauls and manny tabada that's like 23 three days later or something Mm -hmm. this is in a span of five days oh shit five days okay while they were sleeping in their apartment, Roland broke in and found Manny on his bed. He stabbed him, but there was a struggle. He eventually was killed. Tracy heard a commotion and went to investigate. Oh. She saw Danny and attempted to barricade herself in a room, but he was too forceful and got in. He continued his signature moves, tape, bound wrists, cut her clothes off, raped her, and he turned her on her back, stabbing her three no. times. Here's the weird thing. Her body was the only one provocatively positioned. Manny's was untouched and left in the same position when he killed him. So Manny wasn't touched, but the, the female victim was, which is very interesting to think about. Well, because he... Yeah, well, because you think he was just getting rid of the, the man? Just so we can get to the woman, like that's all woman based. I, I'm I I I'm cur- I don't I don't know a hundred percent, but because he probably like because he just wanted to kill women, really, right, and rape them. So the man was just like collateral damage in a sense. Yeah, can you say that in this case? Yeah, I still work. You know, like, yeah, like get, I get, get what you mean. Yeah, like like get rid of this guy so I could focus on what I mm-hmm. want to do, right? And he like it's like he has this weird perversion with his his uh, victims where even after he still even when he poses them it's still part of the whole perversion where Mm -hmm. in the man case he's not sexually aroused by it so he's just trying to get rid of this guy it would be it would be sexually arousing to him to pay more attention to his female victims so the man is just kind of in his way it's just a waste of time yeah i see what he doesn't care about that but the women not that he cares about the women but cares about them in a sexual way yeah yeah yes oh good point thank you that's psychology from julie 101 it's like (laughs) yeah and you all owe us twenty thousand dollars in tuition fee (laughs) 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 i think that's how much college tuition is now right anything okay so there were two suspects in the gainesville murders both were cleared when, on September 7th, 1990, Danny was arrested in Ocala, Florida, on a blur... Bur- blurbury? Blurbury, yes. On a blur... Bur- oh, my God. 
<laughs> on a burglary charge. Burglary. Go, Jenna. Burglary. When police looked at his tools, they matched those of the ones used to enter the victim's home in the Gainesville murders. So they searched and found a little tiny one-man camp in the forest close by all the victims. So sort of like a central area to what where this, everyone... What did this one-man camp look like? Ah, good was question. Was it like a tent? Probably. Yeah. Well, what they found was audio recordings of his music and confessions to the murders. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Was it in a song? Oh, that would be... Sing me a song, I'm the murderous man. Sing me a song. <laughs> I love it. I just, I just ruined that, that I, song. You know what? We're going to come out with a number one hit music album. Oh, yes! Of, 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 we're going to be like <laughs> the weird Al Yankovic of, of like murder, murder songs. <gasps> That's it. We're changing the podcast right now. It's called Murder World. It's yeah, The song of murder. Oh, yeah. The murder song. We'll just... We'll have a sub... We'll have like a sub. I'll I'll do the rap bits. <gasps> yes. Okay. Okay. Julie and I are starting a band just now. It's called Songs of Murder. Songs no, of Murder. Songs of Murder. <laughs> murder World. Murder Tune. Mur- tune, tune. Tune into Murder. <gasps> oh, that sounds like Tune in Tomorrow. Oh. We'll think. We'll about figure. It. Okay, we're gonna figure Pin it. Pin it. Pin it. Um. Uh, where was I? <laughs> when the police took... Oh, I already, I already said that, didn't I? So, yes, he on these tapes were some sing-songs, mostly hymns, because he was very religious still. Oh, right. So yeah. The gospel-y kind of murderous songs. And some and confessions that alluded to all these murders and yada, yada, These yada. are my confessions. Okay. So, in the end, it wasn't until November 1991 that he was formally charged in the Gainesville murders. He w- was serving, actually, a life sentence at the time for armed robbery. So, when they caught him on September 7th, he was charged with armed robbery for a life and and received a life sentence so he's already there for he's already there and then in 1994 he pled guilty to five counts of murder even before the jury was selected so he couldn't even yeah he couldn't even get to the trial so he was sentenced to death on april 20th 1994 and in 2006 on october 25th just a few weeks ago he was executed by lethal injection in 2006. 2006. Mm-hmm. Yep. October 25th. Okay, you're saying October 25th was a few weeks ago, but we're not 2006. No, I know. Yeah. October okay. 26th, 2000, or 2006, October 25th, which was, there was an anniversary of his death. A few okay, okay, weeks okay. Ago. Sorry. That's what's going on. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Did she just fuck up the year? <laughs> I totally did. Yeah. He died by lethal injection. So it's an, it's interesting when what like when i was watching scream 2 yesterday i'm putting all these pieces together as to what yes of course this is an inspiration for scream it's all about the fear of feeling like there's somebody there but you just can't see them yeah so when when uh kate uh when drew barrymore gets that first call and she's just home alone cooking her you know jiffy pop on the stove she's she's totally innocent totally naive not really what not realizing what's going on and that was what kevin williamson's headspace was at while watching the gainesville murder he was like 
ghost face is right outside my door right now with a knife ready to come in. And, and it is that fear of the unknown of even though this is a safe space, it's yeah, not it's always not. a safe space. No, that's what, you know, not you, at all. that's the ideal feeling you want, but mm. oh shit. It's the secret toy. It's the mystery toilet flush. So yeah, so that is uh, my tale of Danny Rowling, the inspiration behind Scream and the Gainesville murder. Now, here's a fun fact. You know, this is the Art of Murder podcast. We usually yes. put an art spin. So my art spin was a little Not bit always. of, well, you know, the art of arson, the art of this. Also, Danny Rowling became an artist while he was in prison. You know what? A lot of them do. They do. So uh, you will see once this episode is posted, you can check our Instagram, The Art of Murder, uh, and take a look at some of his artwork that he uh, he created. It's it's just pencil drawings, but you can definitely see a lot of hidden fuck uppery in that brain of his. Wow. So yeah. Bum bum bum. That was good, Jenna. Thank you. I had, and I had disgusting. a lot of fun. Like I had a was, lot of fun. It was horrible and disgusting, fun. but... Oh, my gosh, these... Wait. Excuse Concern me. and blots. <laughs> Concern and blots. I'm allergic to podcasting. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And Episode five, this is it. it. That's it. And this is our early retirement. Done. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, welcome. Welcome back. To the art... No, no, oh. no welcome back. No. We got to stop welcoming people back when we didn't leave. We didn't. You yeah. didn't, You don't know that we left. Yeah. We know that we left. We took a little break, whatever. A little bit. 30 seconds. <clears throat> All right. So, mine is art-based today. Isn't that crazy? Yay! Sort of. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I hope I do it justice to those people who love this field of comic books. So I took my information from the Daily Telegraph, Murderpedia, Wikipedia, the CBLDF.org, which is Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. All right. All of these, I looked up the shit out of this. And it's essentially me reading you these websites. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. The name is Leonard Keith Lawson. He was born August 16th, 1927. Um, better known as Len Lawson or Lenny Lawson. He was a best-selling Australian comic book creator, successful commercial artist, and photographer. However, he was also a notorious criminal. So, in examining the history of comic book censorship, there's still issues now, which you'll see. Sometimes it's difficult for people to separate the creator from the creation. A clear example of this is the sad tale of Australian comic creator Len Lawson and his creation, The Lone Avenger. Some commentators speculate that Lawson's The Lone Avenger was probably as popular as Superman back in the 1940s and 1950s. However, today, most people are unaware of the activities of the character or crimes of his creator. Still more are ignorant of the effect these actions had in causing the demise of the Australian comics market. Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Excellent. So a bit of background. The Australian comic market 
a con- yeah, uh, consisted of mostly American imports prior to the 1940s. And after the start of World War II, the Australian government banned the import of American comics. And Australia was able to develop their own local comic industry. At the conclusion of the war, Australia found itself in a large national debt and a determination to support local business. As a result, the Australian government kept the import restriction in place. This gave Australian comic publishers no competition and a captive audience of comic book readers. Mm-hmm. Yes. In 1946, one of the, these publishers, the Sydney-based H.J. Edwards, Ply uh, Limited, released The Lone Avenger. The Lone Avenger was created by a teenager named Leonard Keith Lawson. An obvious ripoff of Fran Stryker's Lone Ranger, the Lone Avenger told the story of a masked cowboy named Paul Nichols who dressed in a white hat, red mask, green shirt, leather gauntlets, belt and boots. The Lone Avenger fought crime, first on the range as a wandering hero and then in the town of Red Rock, where he eventually would settle down and become Marshal of, the, of Red Rock. Bull Malone, his sidekick, or sorry, Bull Malone, <laughs> Uh, his sidekick would become his deputy. The Lone Avenger even had a junior Lone Avenger club in the comics. Oh. Yeah. So the Lone Avenger debuted in Edward's flagship title, Action Comics. Now, these action comics released by Edwards is completely unrelated to the book that introduced Superman. Oh, action. Okay. So, right. so it had two, totally two different things. Totally two different things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Soon after, the character not only took over Action Comics, which had previously been um, an an anthology. Am I saying that right? Title? So, like, little poems. Anthology? Thank Thank you. You know, it's funny. I said that right when I first read it, but I get sweaty when I start whatever Doesn't i know matter. this is nerve-wracking sometimes especially with me okay no big words but also <laughs> generated a series of spin-off specials lawson also created another mass western vigilante hero for the Ed- edwards the hooded rider who appeared in later editions of action comics as well as diana queen of the apes king oruke spencer Steele, and peter furry but the success of the lone avenger reached beyond all the comics. Uh, like the fictional organization in the book, there was also a real-life junior Lone Avenger fan club with branches in New Zealand, Fiji, and as well as Australia. These kids could buy Lone Avenger gun belts and costumes. So Lawson, when he was 26, earned uh, about 70 pounds a week, which is roughly now like $119 Canadian, oh. but back then that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, for his Lone Avenger Lone Avenger and Hooded Rider comic books. Um, He was living at Cliff Street Manly with his wife, Betty, and three children when three young models accused him of rape. No bueno. Mm. Lawson was accused of picking up five models from the June Daly Watkins Modeling Academy in the city and driving them to Terry Hills Bushland. Tyler's texting you again. What a jerk. <laughs> he took several swimsuit photographs, which he explained would be used in a calendar, then produced a sawn-off gunshot, bound and gagged all five women, sexually assaulted them, and raped two, including a 15-year-old. So, the first model to give them a statement was married and had worked with Lawson and three other models once before. She told the court 
Lawson used an agency to engage her for the job on May 7th, 1954. Uh, just let you know, some of this is like in her writing or in her words. Okay. And so this is an Australian accent, which I'm not going to do. Good I night. Sometimes the way that they word things are differently. Yes. Which I, I laugh because I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, oh. Well, if, if we need clarification, one of my good friends, Graham, can uh, listen in and provide some feedback I have, or not. I have, I have uh, a friend who moved back to Australia as well. <gasps> yes. And took his wife, who too, and now I miss them both. Anyway, she's visiting with her newborn baby soon too yeah so I get to see her she's yeah. the one that you fa- you were facetiming with the other day right yes the one who that's wants right to do in, the, in, yes that's right the, yeah yeah special thing that's right which i'm excited for if you do do it i hope so and we'll anyway we'll promote it on the podcast all right so <laughs> um yeah so the agency to take the job may 7th 1954 after taking photographs lawson then told them he had cancer of the kidneys and intended to commit suicide before the pl- the pain became too became too great. He then took off the loaded sawn-off rifle from took out took out yeah whatever the rifle from a briefcase and pointed it at them. And this is from her again. The girls were all frightened and one of the girls was shaken and became hysterical. She said Lawson threatened them, saying, I'm going to kill myself, and I don't care if I take some of you with me. He made the models lie on their stomach on the ground, took rope from his briefcase, and tied the girls' wrists and ankles. Lawson then took scissors and sticking plaster, cut six-inch lengths of tape, and then taped their mouths. Quote, to stop them screaming, end quote, unquote. Sticking plaster? I'm assuming it's just tape, and that's just how they say it. Okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to take that out, because that's from her... Her own account. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, then Lawson pulled them to their feet, saying if they moved, he would put a bullet through our heads. That was her quote as well. Mm. N- the next day in court, a 15-year-old model told the court that after binding them, Lawson had intercourse with her and another girl. She said Lawson told the other two he would not touch them after one told him she was four months pregnant and the other pleaded with him. The girl said Lawson then had intercourse with her again. The other 15-year-old girl that was there said Lawson sexually assaulted her but did not rape her, adding she saw Lawson have intercourse with three models. So I know he's only charged with two, but I think maybe she's either confused, but this is the only time that there's three written because there was five girls. They they were pretty much all sexually abused, but he had raped two anyway. And so including, sorry, had intercourse with three models, including her sister. A police doctor said he examined the girls shortly after midnight on May 8th when all had reddened marks around their wrists and ankles consistent of, consistent of being tied with a rope. At trial, the fact that Lawson made comic books was highlighted and one newspaper even described Lawson as the artist of violent comics which frequently depicted bosomy heroines, which all of them yeah. are pretty much like that. But I guess this is, you know... Uh, in the statement, after he was accused, Lawson admitted he had taken the girls to the bushland to rape them, but in court he pleaded not guilty, arguing that the girls had consented. 
He oh, said, yeah, okay, but there. He sure. said three months earlier, he had taken two of the girls and two other models to the same place to photograph them. He said one of the two girls uh, he alleged to have assaulted had told them she thought it would be exciting to be raped. The second girl had said she liked the caveman type and if a strange man attacked her, she would want him to tie her up and gag her. Lawson said that at Terry Hills, the models had sat around in a friendly manner discussing sex. He said to one of them, you remember what you were talking about before? I have brought a rope and a gun and I am all prepared. He showed his gun and then told them to lie down so he could tie them up. This is a quote from him again. The girls lay on the ground. I put the gun down on the rock where it remained for the rest of the time. He said, the girls were giggling all the time and appeared to be enjoying the show as much as I was. Lawson said he told the girls he was going to have intercourse with her. Oh, one of the girls, he was going to have intercourse with her and she did not object and denied he had intercourse with any other girls. When a jury found Lawson guilty, Justice Clancy passed the death sentence, adding he saw no reason why it should not be carried out, although Lawson would be the first man executed for rape in New South Wales for 57 years. Wow. The last man executed for this type of offense was someone named Charles Hines on May 21st, 1898. So Lawson, uh, yeah, so he was given this, but... He was spared his faith when his sentence redu- was reduced instead to 14 years in jail. Are you fucking kidding me? When, when New South Wales Labour Premier Joe Cahill abolished the death penalty in October 1954. I get that. I get... Okay, I, so there is a yeah. podcast where one of the episodes talks with someone who has to follow through with lethal lethal injections and executions and it's from his point of view and it's very crippling it's like cripping no gripping it's very gripping not crippling that's what i am right now with my broken (laughs) toe (laughs) but it's very gripping because when you hear it from his side you understand why people are against the death penalty in my opinion at first was I was I didn't have a very strong opinion either for or against. Yeah. When you hear it from the side of someone who has to actually pull the trigger and tell the family members and tell the victims families what's going on, you're ve- you feel very conflicted inside and I will if I can remember it, I'll find it on my podcast app. I don't know it off the top of my head. It's right. very interesting to hear about because yeah, this guy needs he needs uh, to stay in prison forever. This is disgusting. Yes. But to go from getting rid of the death penalty and him only receiving fucking 14, 14 years. Yeah, so he no. was going from Mm-mm. death to 14 years. Yeah, doesn't, yeah. no. Mm-mm. I know. I know, it's it's even the, the whole death penalty thing, I don't think, I mean, I, I see both sides. Yeah. You know, so I can't stand firmly. Sometimes you just hear a story and you're like, you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You should just die because you're a waste of space. Yeah. Um, because you get so angry. But at the same time, you also want to be like sadistic in the sense of you want them to like, be pay, to- for it. pay for it and be tortured. Yeah. Like go and suffer. Suffer. I mean, yeah. like, you know, and sell it. Anyway. It's hard. There's so many cases of, of 
people being on death row and not enough significant evidence against them, but like yes. three fucking accounts, like the, these three women who came forward, their testimony alone is very concrete. It, I mean, to me, it sounds concrete. Yeah. I believe them. Yeah. I believe them, but anyways, we'll have another discussion about the death penalty at another time. So, yes, Lawson asked to continue producing the Lone Avenger in prison. Oh, what? But it was handed to another artist. God. Okay. As a result of the trial, the media's attention and claims that Lawson's comics contained graphic violence, there was a severe backlash against comic books and their creators in Australia. Lawmakers began to public, publicly scrutinize the Australian comic industry in a way that paralleled the public backlash against horror comics in the United States that was taking place around the same time. So comic publishers were denounced as pornographers and peddlers of escapist, dehumanizing mass culture that promoted sadism, violence, and militarism. In response, uh, and as further parallel to what was going on in the United States during the same period, the Australian industry attempted to self-censor. So this is when it really started to be bad for comic books in general. Uh, several publishers set up internal censorship committee to alleviate the public's concern. Others adopted modified versions of the American Comics Code Authority. Still, others reacted by establishing a committee of parents to sign off on each book. In addition, Gordon and Gotch, a large distributor in Australia, Gotch, yeah, I think that's it, created its own censorship panel to further review what had gotten passed by the publisher's censors. Like the Comics Code Authority, some of the rules passed by these companies bordered on absurd. For example, the Code of Ethics of Horowitz Incorporated provided that a character's speech must be free from slang, ungrammatically, ungrammatically, oh my gosh, idiom and dialect, Thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean? The Code of Ethics also provided that even husband and wife should not normally be shown together in the bedroom. What? Plots involving divorce should be avoided. What? As they point out towards a lack of family stability and they are complicated and unsettling to a teenage mind. Oh, Fuck off. <laughs> Despite wow. these protective measures, the Australian states went ahead with their censorship, censorship legislations. The most aggressive of the new laws was in Queenland, Queensland, where the government passed the Objectional Literature Act. The act established a board of six to examine books especially comic books, to Yay. determine whether they should be banned. The board did not follow any uniform procedures and described that their decisions were made based on intuition. Yeah. In the first nine months alone, the Queensland Literature Board of Review managed to ban 45 books, a third of them which were comics. Uh, so not surprisingly, The Lone Avenger was one of the first 
of these banned books and was officially on the no-fly list. <laughs> I like uh, that. No August fly. 27, 1954. So in an attempt to appease the other Australian states and to continue the book, which had been taken over by Len Such, that's his name, after oh. Lawson went to prison. So after they said, no, 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 you don't get to do any shit anymore. We got this other artist and he's going to do it. Um, so the publisher Edwards, along with its distributor, Gordon and Gotch, self-sanitized the Lone Avenger. Despite these efforts, the Lone Avenger soon rode off into the sunset, a victim of his creator's crime. Oh. Indeed, the comic backlash was so bad that it would take 30 years for Australia to develop another local comic book industry. 30 years. Yes. Holy yes. shit. It didn't help that the embargo against importing of American comics was lifted and the local comic creators again faced competition from America. Wow. So um, this is again found from this website. Um, Justice eventually found the Queensland Literature Board a of review in the form of a decision from Australia's High Court. In December 1954, the Literature Board of Review banned a set of teenage romance comics, including some that had passed the strict, if not ridiculous, Horowitz Code of Ethics. In response, three publishers sued the board in Australia's High Court, which found the actions of the Literature Board of Review laughable. In ruling for the comics industry, the court found that comics Maybe uh, an affront to readers' intelligence or even eyesight, but certainly not a threat to their morals. Oh my God. The court also pointed out that the fact that the board did not outline what was excusable to standards and what wasn't, and was so arbitrary that it suppressed free speech. So this is that. But yeah. So anyway, back to Lawson. In May 1961, he was paroled after only serving seven years. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Gets death penalty removed. Yep. Only is told he has to serve 15, 14, 14 years. years. Yep. And then gets out in seven? Yeah. Because he was a model prisoner. I don't like this guy. Nope. You shouldn't. No. And only six months later, on November 6th, 1961, Lawson sexually assaulted and murdered Jane Bauer, a 16-year-old girl whose portrait he was painting in his apartment. He tied her Fuck. up, sexually assaulted her, and then stabbed her to death. Fuck. 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 This is why this guy should never have left prison. Yep. The next day, he took several hostages at the Sydney Church of England Girls Grammar School. During the encounter, Lawson struggled with the teacher and his gun went off, killing 15-year-old Wendy Sue Lascombe, a student who was sitting in the pews. Oh, my God. <sighs> Convicted of both murders this time, he was sentenced to life in prison. Fucking finally. Yes. Uh, during his imprisonment, Lawson's violent tendencies didn't really change. Ten years into his second incarceration, a group of dancers gave a concert for the inmates at the prison. At the end of the performance, Lawson jumped up on stage and threatened to kill one of them, Sharon Hamilton, with a knife. This was his plan to try to escape. Sharon eventually was released unharmed physically. But as a result of her ordeal, Hamilton sought extensive psychiatric treatment and six years later died by suicide. Oh, poor girl. Lawson's tragic... 
Lawson's tale is tragic and full of victims, and at least three innocent deaths can be tied to Lawson, not to mention the models and students he tormented. Uh, Lawson spent 48 years in prison and had been behind bars continuously since 1962. He died in his cell of an apparent heart attack at the age of 76 on November 29, 2003. Wow. And several of his paintings currently still hang in the prison where he died, which is the Grafton Correctional Center. No. Yeah. So I guess we're making a trip to Australia. Well, I think we have to now. Yeah. Uh, and then I was reading a lot because uh, I didn't know that much about the comic book stuff, but the the one website who I got a lot of this from, the, uh, hang on here, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Oh. Apparently there's still, like, there's still a lot of, like, they're still fighting stuff like that. Um, the like rules the, and regulations yeah. about censorship in comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because there was uh, there was some ridiculous rule too. I didn't read it all, but about like how your villain or your hero can't be. Uh, I wish I would have printed this out. Like can't be black, and I don't mean I don't think that they necessarily meant like a race. They just meant in general black, which to me is still linked to. Um, color, c- color, and yeah. there was some racism. Like this was made back in the day, because I think there was it was some link to um, Black Panther, and how oh. they had to like fight for the something like that for his costume. Yeah, his costume it, it's basically a black suit with a panther mask. On yeah, it. and oh, okay. so there's a whole other. When I started reading, and I was reading yesterday, and I was like, okay, well, I could learn the entire history of comic books yeah. right now. I'm not going to. So it's really great. You guys should look it up. But I didn't know that these this was still like a struggle now. Um, yeah, I I mean I'm I love comic books. Yeah, and I didn't even know that this was a thing. I guess like I'm so used to Western comic books and a lot of their history that I'm not familiar with other places and what what their yeah stories have been about. Because I know that there's yeah there's censorship and things here too. There was um. Do I have it here? No. But it it kind of like the end of the article was saying how it took a bunch of this asshole took victims and traumatized people and he did all this. And on top of that, he not this is not bigger than people's lives. But in the article was said and on top of that, then you took the comic book world of Australia. Like you killed that, too. And you ruined it for everybody because you're such an asshole. Yeah. And a disgusting piece of shit no remorse for it but his actions may be a reflection of no not even no they're not a reflection what am i trying to say the comic book world and the rules and regulations on comic books it his actions probably were not exact i don't want to say exaggerated but exaggerated politically it's like the video game conversation we're having today are video games so violent that they're creating monsters monsters and terrorists and all this our comic books back back in the 1950s that probably was the conversation when you when superman first came out you had a guy who was literally invincible until kryptonite was introduced what what is it and why is it that this single incident created such a a a barrier or a gate for censorship in australia why not like i think people needed an excuse right so you you know back in the day that's what it is it's fear and then they have to blame something yeah so because he was a 
popular, like, prominent. He was an icon, in a sense. Yeah, that obviously is because of these, like, busty women, like, he was obviously had a sexual problem yeah. whatever like yeah if we look at females in comic books oh god they all have a zero waist breasts that their waist would not be able to hold up mm-hmm. and you know like yeah you can shit on that in the sense like come on build a real woman if you want somebody to kick ass and Amazonian dominate Amazonian women yes what a woman yes yeah I'm going to post some some workout pictures of me on our site. You should. And then I'll <laughs> Photoshop a Wonder Woman or a, your own superhero suit on top nice. of it. I have this fabulous Wonder Woman, uh, or well, it's actually the history of DC Comics uh, set of three books, and they're actually sitting over there somewhere. Right. Um, they're the yellow, green, yellow, blue, and red books that oh. are... I <laughs> just leaned over and hit my mic. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. They're on this shelf right here, the second shelf down. Okay. Sort of over there. And in the Wonder Woman one, it gives a wonderful history about women in comics and why the creator of that comic did it in the first place. He was like a psychologist and a, uh, a counselor, a therapist, and he realized that women's minds work so differently and so perfectly for a superhero that why why isn't there a female superhero they should be they should be featured more as a prominent role rather than a sidekick a secretary you know the dumpy the dumpy uh um uh not i don't want to call velma a a dumpy person because velma is not a dumpy person velma was the smart brains behind the whole scooby-doo gang yeah but the the overly nerdy nerd person that had no social skills those you saw the the thin waists the big boobs the um, weird nerdy girls that's it there was no middle ground it was just either extremely beautiful or or just totally nerdy i mean i love velma but back then yeah her appearance and the way she acted was not i i like ideal for guys whatever anyways point being Fuck is <laughs> me, yeah i mean they're they're he, tyler's reading this wonderful book and he's gonna get me to read it but it was all about how men and women think and even our brains look and and do so many different things yes. he said he said to me this book is making me realize that men are just a bunch of monkeys who shit and throw their poop at a wall. And, and women are amazing. All the time. Yeah. Don't, like, I mean, it's not like I don't, but... <laughs> it, it, you know, the science behind men and women's brains, it, right? Speaking brains, of Tyler, brains. he's got to stop texting. If this is going to be coming through, it's nonstop. <sighs> Tyler, shh. Tyler, please be quiet. He's telling... He might have food poisoning. That's what he's trying to talk to me about. Oh, really? I guess so. He ate a burger today or something, and it's upsetting his stomach, and... Oh, shit. Even though there's leftovers in our fridge that he should have taken. Right. Anyways. Wow. I'm like, this is a, your story is fascinating. I really want to look more into it. It was fascinating to me as well because it's a world that I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, when I first started writing, well, I told you not on the podcast, but (laughs) it was very short because it was just about the murder part. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, I don't know enough. And you do Google it and it, it comes up, but it's kind of hard because I guess it was swept under the rug because, yeah. you know, he was a piece of shit. It got banned and whatever. So people don't know about this guy. And then I was reading more stuff and I thought, oh, look at this, look at this. And it was, yeah, he was he was like big shit at the time. That's awesome. Like, no, that's not awesome, but this is an awesome no, story. It's good, yeah, it's an interesting story. Right. But uh, 
He's, okay. there's, I'm going to put pictures of him and a couple pictures of some of his comic book pages. Oops. Uh, there was models. There was mo- There were pictures of the models, mm-hmm. like the day he took pictures in Terry Hills. Um, so you could look that up. I was hesitant on putting it. They, they put a block over the head so you can't see the mm-hmm. head, but okay. you see like the model like posing. Yeah, you can tell they're like they're just young, even though you can't see the face. Like, um, and they're just posing, trying to you know, trying to get their their career going. Yeah, foot in the door, promise of calendars, and it's hard because he is a photographer. He went to the modeling agency um, or academy. And they came as a group. It wasn't just one model. Mm-hmm. Like, he got the whole group. So you think, well, at least I'm not going alone. Yeah. You know, everything was done technically all right. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go to take these shots outside. I mean, I have gone one back in my day, back in my young, very petite days. You are um, petite. N- 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 no. You um, are. I had did, I mean, I would take photos. And sometimes you go online and you have amateur photographers wanting to build up their portfolio and then you want to build up your portfolio so you would like go and you would have an arrangement so you'd they take pictures of you and you take pictures of them or not you take pictures of them no <laughs> they take pictures of you and you would get the photos for your portfolio so it would like be a win-win right but you yeah. always have to be safe this one time <laughs> there was this guy oh my god i don't know if i told you he it was one of these things so I agreed to go, but he wanted to shoot in his house. And I had a red flag and I'm thinking, I don't feel comfortable, yeah. which guys never go alone anywhere, especially when you're a model or that kind of thing. And some person is asking you to take photos. Yeah. So I brought my friend Eric with me. I don't think I told you this before. I, don't know. I think so. Um, and I got there and thank God he was there. This guy just gave me the heebie-jeebies. And so he he took some photos and then he started talking about, this is when CSI was big, how he can, you know, if I feel comfortable, I can take photos in like, essentially like my bra and underwear in like crime scene no areas like so like dead in the bathtub or dead on the bed or that kind of thing and then i can send he'll send my photos into csi and maybe they can use me as a dead body on csi i don't think that's how it works no so what csi is going to pay me to fly to vegas so i can just be a dead body no Uh they've got bodies all over the place they can like (laughs) models or humans or actors that they can get and i thought this is fucking so creepy. fucking weird. Although I will say that would be kind of a cool photo shoot to do. And I have a girlfriend who's a photographer. It would, who would be cool totally be into this. Amy for Holmes, people that you up. know, yeah. Oh, she follows us, right? Yeah, she does. I remember that Hi, name, Amy? Yeah, hit us up, Amy. Let's do a let's do a murder scene photo shoot. But not don't cool. do a murder scene photo shoot with some guy you don't know. I'm yeah. thinking, just oh my with God, people you know, like Amy. This fucking guy. That's has fucking creepy. Su- yes. Oh, he knew. Oh, what a so- random like. Just go. Just I, I. I'm picturing the scene right now. You're just about finished, and he just turns to you and says, "You want to shoot some half naked crime scene photos?" Yes. I've been watching CSI lately. Yes. And you seem just like the perfect candidate to be a dead body. I'd really like to photograph you dead. Isn't that fucked up? Anyway, like, needless to what say, I guys, like I never 
ever went to see him again yeah. never got the photos of the small photo shoot we did that day i was super uncomfortable thank god my friend and i both survived and um yeah yeah don't let a random stranger take your picture oh shit well <laughs> you know what i mean in a public place is always good mm-hmm. with and bring somebody with you so somewhere public Buddy system yes not deep in the forest don't yeah. go to no terry hills or nope. anything like that in the bushlands and yes buddy system huge but you know you're stupid you don't think about things that's but I, true. I did bring a friend thank god eric was with me yeah thanks oh. eric thanks eric thanks eric all right yeah More, that was good. it's just about time to wrap things up here can i talk about a tv show real quick yes there's something that i just saw um bell and i'm not promoting them because i'm very mad at them fucking they changed my account without me knowing and <gasps> i haven't fucking called them and complained about it all of a sudden Bell's my bills started worst. being you know what <clears throat> yes they are i left rogers and now i want to go back to rogers i'm but, sorry yeah i'm sorry but yeah canadian canadian uh, internet and tv providers are fucking garbage here yes they lie they do they anyway anyway so this show is called how it really happened okay and it's about murder obviously yeah and they break down how it really happened oh i like that so there's one which i thought oh, i could maybe do this which was um shit <laughs> that football player who killed huh? um son of a bitch I know his name because I remember when it actually happened. Anyway, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating how they break it down. They have a Versace one. Oh and my God. I know. <laughs> I'm hesitant oh on watching it or not. Yeah, don't. Don't yet. Don't yet. Come on. Okay, okay. So, I had no, so uh, Gianni Versace, the assassination of Gianni, Gianni Versace, is my like platinum story that I really, really want to do. And I've been waiting to do it. And I think maybe maybe the 10th episode I'll do it. Like 10th? Oh, yeah. For some reason, in my head, I was thinking you'd say 10 or 15. Yeah, 10. Let's do 10. 10? Because I'm, I'm so eager to do it. Okay. And I look at it every week and like, fuck, 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 when am I going to do this? And then you can watch it. Okay, I PVR'd it. Okay. Because part of me is like, I don't know. I really don't know about him. It, it's, I don't know about so the story. Good. And I'm like, maybe I can watch it so I know a little bit more about it and then Jenna can tell me. Well, then you know what you can do if you listen to my story, you can back it up or well, not back it up, but you can fact check me and, uh, I know I, I, yeah. I, I didn't want, it's, PV, it's on my PV. We should watch it. What, we, what we'll do is probably by that time we'll be done classes. Yes. So we'll come home. We'll do the co- recording. We'll watch it, it and then have a the discussion. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll, um, All right. Yeah, because I'm I'm so eager to do this story. I watched American Crime Stories, the assassination of Gianni Versace, and I fell in love with that's the like story. The, that's like the multiple series one, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so they have the Picasso one after. Was the next one over? Is that what the next one is? I th- well, no, it already happened. Is it? Is it? What is it? American Crime Stories? What did they you did? Uh, they did O.J. Simpson first. Yes, and then they did. Gianni Versace and I don't know what their third one is they did they, they did Picasso oh they it's did gotta Picasso. be the same people and it's yeah, already done they're also the American Horror Story group uh so it's uh Brad Brad, uh, Brad Murphy and 
Solchek. I, anyways, they they're the guys that do Glee, and they're fabulous and wonderful writers. And the new season of American Horror Story is oh no, I'm lying um, to you. I'm lying right to your face. It's pretty good. It's I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm on like episode three or something. But yeah. It was genius. That's what it was. Oh, the, oh I do want to watch that. The previous one was... Uh, that one has... Um, who the hell was it? Zorro. What's that guy's name? Uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Banderas. He Banderas. was fantastic. He? he was such a piece of shit. Yeah. It was brilliant. Like, you loved him, and then you hated him, and then you felt bad for him, and then you're like, you're a dick. <laughs> I mean, you're mostly thinking you're a dick, but... Jeffrey Rush did Einstein the last season and I really really I really have to watch this because it's been recommended to me so many times to actually watch this series I think it's on History Channel but um I'd be interested to watch the Picasso one too yeah yeah sorry that that's what I, I got confused okay I'm gonna have to watch this series now it sounds really good it was good yeah yeah is there anything else that we have have to update on um trying to be more active on our Instagram page the art yeah, of murder. You know, should I post more? Because I did some paintings and I was going to put yeah. it on there. And I oh, didn't. you did? Well, I want to post the one the... that we did before we started. Oh, yeah. But what kind of started this all? I put it up. No, my Memento Mori uh, piece. My oh, fall yeah. Piece. You should do it. Okay. But uh, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram, The Art of Murder. Uh, hit us up with some emails if you've got any murder stories that you'd like us to do or have any questions artofmurderpodcast at gmail.com search for us on facebook and a bit i actually have a a kind of a big big announcement oh. i'm working on it and i wanted to sort of surprise julie it's a good thing this is not like a changing the podcast <laughs> don't worry um i will be launching our website probably <gasps> next week what yes shit jenna yes. you're so good she's the best guys she's the um, best we're running out of room actually on one of our hosting sites and once i once i subscribe to it and do a membership they give us a free domain and and hosting site for website and i'm like i think it's time now where we where we post some of our own work and sort of talk a little bit about ourselves so you guys can get a, a sneak peek into the lives of what we do because i think we've got about 50 active listeners weekly now that listen to us which is Shit, really yeah. awesome so hi everyone thanks guys do we have any shout outs for our listeners this week um dan hi dan thank you so much for listening uh you've been a big fan of ours is it the guy who just clicked into our live yeah live video feed yep. I saw yep, you. Yep, yep. Uh, you know what I found out? <laughs> my aunt was just telling me that my grandmother, who uh, passed away in 89, so I was five or six when she passed away, uh, turns out she was a murderino. <gasps> Apparently, so whole line of I them. know. I didn't know, so I'm going to talk to her more about oh, that. I'm so excited to go to MFM with your family. Like Ugh. this is, I'm, I, I fucking cannot wait. It's going to be I awesome. I can't wait. And uh, if there is any MFM listeners uh, on our podcast, if you want to do a Toronto meetup, let us know. It'd be kind of cool to. Yes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, oh my gosh, good things happening. Fun things happening. Yeah excellent yeah that's about it for us thanks I jenna mean, you me. rock you rock too no, girl. you rock you rock more mm-hmm. well no, you rock you know what jenna Am- ambient toast ambient toast bye everyone
how I end it. Ah! <laughs> that wasn't a good one. Hang on, let me try that again. <laughs> I don't know. We usually have like a thing at the end, and I, I never know what to do. I don't know. Uh.